The following is a conversation with Dr. Ogamde Emmanuel. He's a medical doctor and is currently doing his master's in human behavior and psychology. The subject of our discussion was fear, its origin, how how it is how it is seen all around us and how we can overcome it. I really, I really hope you guys enjoyed the discussion. Um, I want to apologize for um, because I've not posted in a while. I've not posted in a while, and uh, that, that was because of our our elections. For those of you that don't know, in Nigeria, um, where we are going through, we are we are currently having elections. We just finished the presidential presidential elections, and now we are about to have the one for the governors. And so, anyone that knows in Nigeria, when um, elections roll around is is pretty crazy so um i figured i should i should take some time off and then um take some time off you know votes and then come back and mo the, most of the guests i wanted to talk to day to they were they also wanted to you know but they were everyone was postponing things towards until after at least the presidential election and so that's why it has taken a while so anyway we are back now over the last few weeks I noticed that the channel has gained a few subscribers and so if you are new here welcome we are trying to we are trying to create a community of free thinkers you understand that's why the channel is called through the eyes of one and um don't, don't forget to subscribe if you are new and don't and, and don't forget to like the video and don't forget to comment on, on what part of the conversation made the most sense to you what you agree with or what you disagree with is all welcome and so um without wasting much time doctor um doctor gamde welcome to the show Thank you very much, Segun Ademotui. This is this why this why you're my name. Um, you studied. I, I know. I know you studied um. A medicine in China, and now you are in you are in Romania. You are studying. Well, what I do? What What is that like doing your masters on? I'm doing a masters program in clinical psychology and psychotherapy. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I would yes, imagine. What about the location in, in Romania? So, what, uh, Moscow, what's what, what ignited your interest, like you know, from medicine? Because I, I would imagine that's not a very, um, that's not a very, that's not a linear mm -hmm. part. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? What's, what's the story there? Well, I think it's more lean, uh, more parallel, or how do you say it's straightforward than you'd actually. Uh, thing because when I was in medical school, uh, I did psychology as a course, and I also did psychiatry. I think in third year of medical school, mm. third, fourth year, something like that. Mm. Uh, so, uh, being you know how it is with Nigerians and uh, all of us. My parents were a very huge part of why I studied medicine. So I wouldn't really say it was solely my decision, right? It was yeah. a family decision. <laughs> it was a group decision. <laughs> I understand. They took it for you. They right. made decision for you. 
<laughs> exactly. Uh, they made me make the decision, mm. to put it lightly. Mm. Um, so I, I could, I luckily I had the brains for, for medicine, but I didn't really enjoy the whole thing, right? Mm. And psychology and psychiatry were some of the courses that I really, really enjoyed when I was in school. And uh, I was just amazed how the brain works and the human mind functions and all that. So mm. after I was done and I practiced for a while, I decided actually i decided uh, this is not for me because long hours at the hospital for the hours shifts and all that yeah. <sighs> my god uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah. i decided to um pick up and develop my interest in psychology in the human mind in the human brain mm. um and all that and that's what led me to the path i am now so it's kind of i mean not too straightforward but more straightforward than you would think yeah yeah i i, I understand that um you know, growing growing up in Nigeria, I had this discussion a while a while back with uh, was good with some of my colleagues, and the discussion is well for the parents. They just the parents don't at, at that time our parents they don't care about you know your passion. They just want what will give you the most money. Well, what will make you be the most comfortable? It does it does not matter how the thing you are interested in. They don't. It's not something that they consider when they are when they are when they are making you think that you that, that you chose um, medicine. I like I like how you put that, making you think that it was better. Well, in all in all honesty, uh, in retrospect, I don't blame them actually. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame yeah. my parents or any of the parents that actually made their kids study yeah. whatever. Mm. I mean, even though we're presently in the twenty first century, so in a world where you, we want to give our kid the kids all the options in the world and the mm. freedom to choose and free will and all that, mm. but you have to consider the, the setting, Nigerian setting. What kind of courses will give you job security mm. you know what kind of courses will actually make sure that you can put three square meals on your table mm. and on your kids table and your family's table yeah and medicine and law I don't know. so if you think of it from that aspect from that point of view then it, it makes total sense just like you i remember you saying to me one time that you want your kid to become a footballer project mbappe project mbappe no? <laughs> it's too short <laughs> Yeah, short. exactly. And now everybody wants to force their kids to become footballers and, yeah, and, and yeah. basketballers and all that. It's um, the same thing, you know. Yeah, I understand. I understand. So, um, your um, I I know you you you, you um, I would imagine that your interest in the human mind is the thing that led you to you know write this um what's your book concerning fear. I have a few questions that I found interesting. I'd never thought about the origin of fear before and, and concepts like the, um, the, is it mono reflex or the moral reflex? So, um, how, how, how would you, how would you explain the origin of fear? Like where, where does fear come from? Do you think? Uh, the thing is, uh, first of all, yes, you're correct. Uh, part of my interest in the human mind is part of the reason. It's not the sole reason. Uh, but part of the reasons why I uh, picked up um, that, um, how do you call it, went on that adventure of writing a book, I'll call it an adventure. Mm. Um, you know what the moral reflex is? It's basically uh, in babies and infants and kids. You know, if you have an infant and you try to drop them or you pretend to drop them or something, of course, you hopefully you can catch them before they hit the ground. Yeah. Um, you notice that they have a kind of, um, how do you say it? Reflection, uh, not reflection. And, um, reflex. What's the word? Yeah, that they reflex, right? Yeah. That they uh, exhibit, 
you know, on fear of being dropped from that particular height. Now, you don't have to teach the baby that being dropped is a bad thing or teach or tell them that, okay, when you get dropped, this is what happens to you. But it just comes naturally. Uh, you asked me about the origin of fear. I, I want to say something first, which is that when we say fear, people naturally assume it to be a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Fear is good for you and for me, actually. In fact, fear, at least to some extent, is part of the reasons why the species, the human species, has um, existed even up to this point. Yeah. Right. So it's part, it's part of our biology. Right. Mm. The question is how much fear? You know, okay, I fear that when I go out, I'll, I, I could get hit by a car. Okay, but how much do you fear that? Do you fear it so much that you cannot go out every day? You just sit down in your house morning to the night or do you just you know are concerned about it enough that when you go out you're careful when you cross the street mm. and all that so you don't get hit um so that's all that um i just wanted to point that out exactly oh, okay yeah i understand what you're saying in some sense what you're saying is that as a given that even though um because i would imagine as a child uh, um that's true you look at children their, their brains have not yet fully developed and yet they already have this reflex to try to like you know for that that in case they are falling they already have that inbuilt inbuilt fear of falling you understand inbuilt fear of falling that 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 can that that helps them you know that that, that helps to stop them from falling and um and again i think i think uh, make sure correct me if i'm wrong here but the next thing you said um concerning um fear is that is given that it's something that I, I would imagine if you look at it through evolution it's something that we have come to um that is something that in fact has kept the species alive you understand and, and has helped us reach the point where we are a, a fear of you know a fear of things and things that can go wrong the fear of things that can go wrong and things that can possibly go right and there is like a spectrum of how much you fear the thing like you know so like let's say i want to walk outside you can fear obviously if you, if you go outside things can happen bad things can happen to you but when you fear it so much that it's crippling that you cannot just go outside that's where that's where the um the fear begins to stop making sense you understand I, 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 in your book you you wrote you said that their fear is on the spectrum essentially that there is rational fear and there is irrational fear um what how, how can you distinct what was what's the difference between um, both of them um firstly to comment on the thing about the baby uh where you said the the baby has uh, the infant for lack of a better term, has an imbued fear of falling. I want to put, I want to put it this way. Um, I think it makes more sense when we say it's an imbued inhibition or apprehension of what the consequences of falling might be um, okay. um, to that kid, to that infant. Yeah. Um, and and yes, of course, uh, rational and talking about rational and, and irrational fear. No. If you actually check them, I wouldn't want to spill everything, of course, so that your your audience will have uh, still have a reason to go. And yeah. When you talk about rational and irrational fear, it's just as the word describes, right? Mm. Um, when the fear, there's a reason for your fear. There's a clear logic for it, and it's proportional to the reason and the amount of fear you have. 
is proportional to the reason for that fear, then I can term it rational. For instance, if I had been bitten by a dog once in my life, I remember once actually I was chased. I lived in Nungu then in Transekulu. I've forgotten the number of the street. And I was sent to, I was a kid, of course, I was mm. in primary school. I was sent to buy stuff uh, for my, my mom sent me on an errand. Mm. I think she was in the kitchen and she needed something, right? Mm. So, you know, impromptu. Hey, go buy this and it's finished. Yeah, no more. And I was running as a kid, you know, <laughs> what, what more do I know? Um, we had a neighbor that had a dog, but the gate was always locked. Okay. Well, on this particular day, while I was I was already done buying this stuff, I was coming back and mm. I was running. On this particular day, for some reasons best known to the neighbor, the gate was open, and I didn't know I was running. And then the dog just came out and ran after me. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, now I'm no more running. I'm just running. I'm running for my life. You're running for your life. You're not ready to buy something again. It's life or death now. Exactly. And I was hoping that my gate should be open by the time I get there because <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> Imagine getting to a locked gate and then the dog is behind you. That's just looking at you. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I, I tripped actually while I was running and the dog was right behind me and came up to me. And luckily, he just uh, sniffed. How do you call it? Sniff, snuff, yeah, whatever. Yeah, sniffed yeah, on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it went back. It didn't bite me. But imagine he had bitten me or something. Of course, I would develop a fear for dogs, uh, stray dogs and all that, right? And apprehension. Yeah. When I see dogs, I would, you know, get some kind of, oh, I've been bitten before, I should be careful. If my fear is proportional to the fact that I have been bitten by a dog or, or that, or that I just makes me careful of dogs and stay away from them, or maybe not want to own a dog, that's understandable. That's rational. Mm. If I stay at my house the next day and all the year, I stay in my house all day, all year because, oh, there are dogs. Who knows where I'll meet dogs? I don't want to go out there because I could find dogs and they'll buy at me again, right? Mm. Then um, we should begin to put question marks, you know? Okay, now this is not rational, not proportional to the reason why you fear dogs. Um, that's just a short description of that. Of course, um, I, I have more details on that in the book and yeah. I would encourage uh, the audience to um check it out yeah i understand i understand what you're saying when the fear when 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 um something terrible has happened before and it's it's i don't know if the, if the proper word is it's crippling to the sense that you know that the, the, the person will develop a, a reasonable fear of it there is um, a friend of mine in, in university got stabbed as she was coming back from her hostel she got stabbed on that there was this side that is very dark in the streets on, on the way to her hostel and she got them um, they, they stabbed her stole and, and stole her phone and so anytime she's passing there like at night first of all she stopped going out at night all this type of stuff but anytime she's passing there she'll call me just to walk just to walk with her past that place do you understand what i'm trying to say Yes, I so, yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. So that's that, that that's that's what we, that that's what we call rational fear. Okay, I'm. I, I, I that's uh, rational enough, right? She's not calling you to walk all the way from her house to every location. Yeah. Or she's. I don't know if you get that point. Yeah, because there could be tips, um, tips everywhere. Or she doesn't just stay at home and say exactly. Or she doesn't just stay at home and say I'm not going out again because I got stabbed randomly, so I might get stabbed today and tomorrow. And of course, those things could happen. But mm. if they cripple you, if they affect there's something we say about when we diagnose uh, some psychological uh, mental illnesses or psychological uh, conditions uh, there's usually a very uh, important condition for instance when you want to diagnose uh, depression or schizophrenia or something 
Yeah. They say, according to DSM-5 at least, when it affects your social cultural life, right? When it has an effect on your life, your social cultural life and all that, then we begin to think of, okay, now this is, this is getting out of hand. This is serious. Right? Um, so that's a very important characteristic of our distinction between rationality and irrationality in terms of fear. Okay. Um, uh, another fa another fascination of mine I had with with your work was um, how 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 you broke down how fear can be used in different uh, parts of our lives. You understand? So let's say how 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 do you think fear is used in politics? Uh, that's uh, that's an interesting one because it's one that I particularly like. Um, actually, fear is used in almost everything, um, um, almost everything that we do in life, politics, education, um, and all that. Right? Um, I I fail to remember the name of the former U.S. Vice President, um, Mike Pence. Said, I, no, not Mike Pence. It's uh, um, his his daughter was also in the Senate. Uh, I forgot his name. Anyway, I will remember it and I will, I'll tell you. Um, he said something about the politics of fear. Uh, he happened to become. I think right now, now he's uh, he he's an. His name escapes me. It's right on my on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. He's an environmentalist now. He got a Nobel Peace Prize, I think, for for his work on the environment and on um, what do you call it, climate change and all that. Mm. He said something about the. He was Republican, by the way. He said something about the. You see, I remember all the details about him, but not his oh, name. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, is it Al? I don't. I don't think so. Uh, anyway, he said something about the politics of fear, right? Which is basically. Um, when the politicians come to you, right? Al Gore, actually, yeah, it was Al Gore that said something about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you, Al yeah. Gore. Yeah, the politics. He said something about the politics of fear, which is basically putting fear in the electorate, the citizens, in order to raise up their emotions, um, with the, with having in mind to achieve a particular goal. For instance, the goal could be to get them to votes a certain way on a referendum mm. or in an election yeah. or to accept your policies or something like that for instance when a, a politicians come when a politician comes to you and 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 stresses a lot on crime we will fight crime yesterday somebody got killed two days ago somebody got killed next and then brings all these things to the forefront in order to make you give you a particular kind of emotion be it anger be it disappointment be it sadness turn mm. you up and then affects you to vote in a certain way. That is the politics of fear. The popular one uh, these days, or at least recently in Europe and, and um, North America is immigration, immigrants, the fear of immigrants. <laughs> you know, the right wing um, politicians especially turn up the heat on immigration. Immigrants are coming to take your job, or immigrants are coming to kill you. Donald Trump said they are bringing from Mexico. They are bringing germs and bad people and uh, thieves and murderers. He painted them in black. What was he doing exactly? It's fear. This is politics of fear. Yeah. That's one way recognizing the fear that you have against losing your jobs, against um, having murderers and thieves amongst you, against uh, and all of that. 
So when you weaponize that, that's one way. Of course, there's a positive way to do that, I hope at least. Um, but yeah, that's a short uh, example. Yeah, I, I understand. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I don't know how, because um, I'm still going to ask you how, how it's used in, let's say, the workplace. But concerning what you said, an example just came to my mind, but I would, I would imagine of, of how fear is entrenched in almost everything. But I would imagine that's more in, um, that that's more in, in 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 business in business i i was i was reading this book by um brand tracy the, um, the psychology of selling and in the book he said something that that most people use there's a difference when um when you want to when you want to get someone to to buy something you can use fear as it as as you understand as as a technique to do it you can say something like well if 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 you don't buy this thing you will lose this thing do you understand? It's 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 it, 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 it works as a more powerful message when you say you will lose something instead of saying you will gain something. Do you understand? If if I if I say okay fine uh -huh. um buy these shoes you will gain this, or and and I say if you don't buy these shoes you will lose this. It's the the loss the the fear yeah. of the loss. The message, the framing of your message. Yeah, exactly. In a negative connotation. Uh, in a negative um. Uh, of tilting your message negatively mm. uh, tends to have more effect tends to elicit more response at least uh, the desired response from the recipient of your message than a positive listen and that's because humans naturally um we have an apprehension a stronger apprehension towards fear or for fear um for sorry for loss than we appreciate um gain for instance if I give you, let's say, $10, for instance, and I give you an opportunity to lose $1 from that $10 mm. or to gain $2, if I set up the experiment right, most times humans will choose not to lose the $1. Mm. <laughs> do, do you get the point? Yeah, yeah. Even if it means that gambling on that, on that choice that might lose you $1 might also gain you 2 or $3. But they'll say, oh, no, there's a chance of losing $1. I don't want to do that. Do you get the point? Yes, I understand. I, I just, I just, I just imagine how much of that, um, how, how much of that affects how how much of that is based on the personality of of the individual of the individual. When when I was a uni, there was this argument that my friends and I had serious argument that um, they said, let's imagine that you have about yeah you have a yeah you have a million dollars, you have a million. Abi, yes, you have the the idea. It was framed something like you have a million dollars. And then um, there's a 50, 50 there's a fifty percent chance that if you if you use that million dollars, you understand you can get a billion. But at the same time, you will lose it. You lose it. What do you do? I mean, and, you might yeah, yeah, you might lose it. You might get a, you might gain a billion, or you lose the fifty completely. Oh, sorry, you lose the billion yeah. dollar the million dollars completely. And so. At the time, my friends were my friends. All of them were like, guys. Most, some of them were like, guys, just keep the million. I'm like, of course not. So at the time, at the time, it used to drive me crazy that that it used to drive me crazy that my friends did not did not choose. Like it's it's, it's like it was if it was a one in two chance to get a billion. You understand? And they were just so afraid of losing the one they were just so afraid of losing the one million and it didn't make sense to me at the time so i i just wonder how much 
of um, personality? How much our personality plays into fear? Um, that's a good question, to be honest. Um, the, the question about personality is an interesting one, which I did not really, um, haven't really explored deeply. Um, talking about it from the uh, angle of, in psychology, we have different ways of measure, measuring personality. There's a very popular one, the five dimensional uh, types of personality. Um, amongst the five dimensions, we have conscientiousness, personality, openness. Um, can you imagine that I'm forgetting the five of them? <laughs> Neuroticism, <laughs> different personality traits. Um, so basically, some of these personality types, um, the thing about this personality type is that depending on the one that you, of course, there's no absolute, you're not just pure openness and nothing else. It's like um, a grade, uh, a spectrum, and you fall somewhere on the spectrum, right? Yeah, yeah. Depending on where you fall on the spectrum, um, that determines a lot how you process events, manage events, uh, and, and all that. Yeah. Uh, for instance, the same if, um, thing can happen to us, let's say, using the example of a dog again, or maybe let's say we both lost money um, in some venture, business venture or that. Depending on your personality type and my personality type, I, I might process it differently, right, than you. And my processing of it, my different processing of it might lead me to a different conclusion and a different action in the future. Let's say I say, okay, it happens in life. That's my person of it happens. It's normal. I'll try again. Whereas you, you're like, oh my God, I just lost money. I should never do this again. This is so bad. It's a bad omen. No, no, no. Why do bad things always happen to me and all that? And then you never go on that venture again, or you, yeah. you get depressed and all that. Yeah. Um, so in this way, that's how, that's the way you can link fear to personality types. Um, so, of course, events that could happen to us, depending on how you process it, which depends a lot on your personality type, uh, will determine the outcome of that um, for you. Um, I was just also talking to, I, I was talking to uh, uh, my friend about, uh, and he, says, he says something about fear, how you can make fear work for you, for instance, um, which is, let's say you fear getting fat in the future. That's the particular example he, he used. Uh, by the way, the friend is Ufoma Apoki. He, he has a PhD in computer uh, science, yeah. a really great guy. Yeah. Um, he was talking about how, let's say you fear getting fat, right? And then, but you like to eat sweets and chocolate. Okay, now you have a question, I fear to get fat, but, but do I use this fear to propel me from easy, from stopping to take to consume too much I'm going sweets. To get diabetes. I'm gonna to have to cut my legs, and my hands, and everything. Oh my god, I fear I don't want to get my hands caught and my legs caught and, and all that. So because of that, I'll stop eating sweets. Or does it become negative on me? Now, and I mentioned something in the course of that discussion, right? I mentioned that it's actually big work, a big mental task to flip a situation, process it in a way that can make you take positive steps and actions. Right? It actually takes a lot of mental dexterity. Okay. And that depends, that mental dexterity depends a lot on personality and on training. Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I understand. I, I understand. I, I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in agreement with the training part. I've, I've, come to, I've come to realize that anything concerning fear, that um, there, there's this... Um, there's this idea that um, if, if, if you are scared of something or if you are afraid of something, little, little causes of action um, is, ac is actually the best way to get, get rid of it. 
I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So let's say you have mm-hmm. some 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 sort of self doubt or fear about something. You understand? What what's in essence that you don't really have? The actual thing you don't have is experience or um, um no not experience is um information. You don't have information about. Let's say you want to start a business now. And you are scared will i be good at the business the best thing to do is to actually just start the business and keep on going is as you keep on doing that that you gain information to know if you are actually good at that thing and you understand action action helps remove fear so i i do agree i do agree seriously with that part of with that um training that training aspect of of removing fear um, just just to comment on that, um, especially on the personality personality types, um, they do I do recall them now. Uh, extroversion, uh, this agreeableness, uh, this yes. openness, and yes, this openness neuroticism and uh, conscientiousness. If I'm correct, yes. Now I, the the folks that have that grade higher or score higher on let's say traits like agreeableness and openness mm-hmm. and extroversion uh, tend to be more outward oriented more um they can handle things these things like um these fear situations better because they don't um they're not inward okay now if i go into outward orientation and inward orientation that's a different thing altogether which also contributes right but just know for the sake of the 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 viewers that extroversion extroversion agreeableness and openness are more positively oriented when it comes to um, stuff like this and I, they tend to be able to handle um, situations um, better in terms of fear and the negative effects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what you referred to about if you um, fear something, then the best thing is just to do it. It's uh, something we call um, graded exposure um, in psychology. And that's basically, um, let's say you're a therapist and a client comes to you and they fear dogs. <laughs> I don't know why I keep going back to dogs. But there was a case, actually, I saw a case of a, um, a, a client. Uh, he was a big guy. He goes to the gym and everything. He was he, like a bouncer or something. Yeah. But he was scared of dogs. Not just big dogs. You see all these little chihuahuas and he was scared of any kind of dogs at all. <laughs> and when you look at this big tall macho guy you just mm. look at the dog and, you, and this fear was so not just not just uh that okay i don't want to go near the dog no he will run away from that particular location and you will see him literally he's a white guy so you see him literally turning pink right so how you do it is um you expose him step by step right to it first of all start with pictures of the dogs then maybe videos and then maybe you go 10 meters from the dog. And then tomorrow, after some time, when he get, gets acclimatized to it, you go three meters to the dog. And then one meter. And then, okay, touch it now. And then, okay, pet it now. Okay, now carry it now. So that's how you gradedly expose the person to the particular situation they fear. Um, and then with each step, they get as they get acclimatized to it, you increase the intensity of their, their exposure to that particular thing. Uh, for instance, uh, I, I wouldn't want to. You talk about your friend that uh, had um, uh, was uh, robbed or something uh, yes. uh, on a particular spot. Some people have had that kind of um, 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 incident, that bad incident, unfortunately, and they couldn't pass that place at all, right? Yeah. So in in therapy, what you do is okay, um, you expose the person. 
bit by bit. Okay, now I'll go, we'll go with friends. Well, let's go four of us, but four or five. Let's go there. Let's not to that particular street, but let's go close to it. Mm. Okay, the next time we we'll go closer to it. Next time we're two. Okay, let's just go to the entrance, but not pass through. And then you pass through slowly, and then you know just slowly, slowly until the person gets acclimatized um, to that. Okay, okay, okay. That that makes sense. That makes sense. The this this um f- this phenomenon you just explained that this graded is it graded response that I think is is what you said that where where you graded exposure okay yes graded exposure that where that that's a way to, we can use to over overcome fear I would imagine that we can use that in it's we can use that in almost in almost every every walk of life you understand if you want to start a business if um. If you want to learn a new skill, anything, anything that people are, people are scared of or have a bit of self self doubt, and it's something it's something that we can use. How 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 do you think we we will be able to use it in, let's say, our careers, for example? Um. Yes, I was uh, describing it in in a, a practical in a clinical setting, but of course, you can also apply it to um, your normal um, your daily life. Yeah. Um, if you want to start a career, let's say a very high uh, risk career, uh, or maybe it requires a lot of investment. Let's say you want to be an air, um, an airline pilot. Of yes. course, you need to spend a lot of money or stuff. Um, what I usually do, I, I would say what I do for myself when I want to add, embark on an adventure, uh, be it a project or whatever, that I have, um, you know, I'm not fully... Um, uh, mentally prepared for yet, or I have some apprehensions. Mm. I start slowly, depending on what it is, of course. Um, if it requires something that I have to put money in, and maybe I have to buy some instruments, I buy I buy one, and then I buy the second one, and then I buy the third one, and then at the point I'm like, okay, I don't have no choice. I have all the instruments. I cannot so get. I so, you, 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 so it depends. I cannot give you a one size fits all kind of. Uh, package that will work for everything yes but it depends on the adventure if it's something that can be broken it's an adventure that can be broken down in bits then sometimes the way to overcome fear of that is to take it if to, is to break them down in break it down in bits and then take them bit by bit you know what they say i think there's an adage that says when you want to eat an elephant you have to cut it into tiny bits because yeah. when you look at the elephants oh my god this is so huge i can't finish this stuff it's 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 crazy Right. But yeah. when you take one bite after the other, one bite after the other, one bite after the other, and then before you know the elephant is uh, is down and gone and all in your stomach. That's, that's, so that would be a description for that. No, that's really fascinating. Is what was interesting is that it's it's such a it's such a natural way. I think that's the proper way to put it. A natural a natural fundamental way of of doing things. You understand? It's is is natural if if you really think about it that Anytime you want to solve a major tax, it helps to break down that tax into small, small, actionable bits. You understand? And that way... that is that is very correct. That is very correct. That, uh, that way, um, that way also you can set achievable goals for yourself. I want to be a pilot, and my my ultimate goal is to be a pilot. But I don't just wake up tomorrow and become a pilot. It doesn't happen. There's no genie that will wish it you know, wish it yeah, and it come yeah. true. So you have to break it down into tiny, tiny achievable goals. Okay, if I want to be a pilot in five years' time, what do I do between today and tomorrow that will lead up to my 
becoming a pilot in five years' time. Okay, what do I do between today and next week? What about today and next month? What about today and next year? And then when you achieve each milestone, you can say, okay, I've done this. I've uh, gotten my bachelor BSc. I've done this. I've done that. And then at the end of five years, when you add all those little, little one, one day, 24 hours, one month, and all that together, voila, you're flying um, for EasyJet or this uh, airpiece or whatever airline you would fly like for. <laughs> Just it's, it's, it's um, reading reading your reading your book and even even as this discussion is going, it's it's obvious that fear is can be used as you know a very good um, manipulator. It can be used as a very good ma- manipulator. I wonder between fear and love, which one can which one can be used to manipulate people more? I would imagine that it's fear, simply because people really <laughs> hate it. You understand and it's a shame because if you want to be successful at all in life you have to you have to be very comfortable with the idea of losing you will lose you will lose a lot you understand but it's just it's just a very interesting thought that came to my head that both of them can be used to manipulate in in in, in really grand scales you understand and there's also a, a point in your book where you were saying that when you, when, when you said something that um let's say in religion now that, that why is it fear that they use that if you, if you want to make an argument about, uh, let's say, for example, the love of God, you can just make the argument. You don't need to put hell. But it seems as if, um, uh, what's it called? It, it seems as if fear is put there in order to make it more, how do I put it? It, it? it seems the fear is put there in order to make it have more weight, to make people comply. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Um, I'll say something, first of all, to, to, to comment on what you said about uh, fear versus love. Uh, Machiavelli said something uh, in his book, in a very popular book, uh, his most notable work, I think it's called The Prince. Yes, the Prince. He said, it is better to be feared than to be loved, to be loved. if one cannot be both. Yes. <laughs> right? So, yeah, he said that, he said uh, that in so context of, one, you know, you being a politician now. Of course, he was writing on the contemporary he, politics and yes. everything of, of his time. But he made a point that fear is a better motivator um, um, than, than love. And if you're a leader and you want to affect people and make them join your cause or convince them towards a cause, then fear will be a better bet for you than making them love you. Because you mean, I love you today, but somebody comes, I love them more. I love then, them. You know, and then, so, so talking about connecting that to what you said about, I think you mentioned um, in religion, yes. why is fear is used and not love? I think Machiavelli answers the question, to be honest, because negative emotions tend to have stronger much stronger effect on us than positive uh, emotions um, 0.1% of fear is much stronger than 0.1% of love to equate zero for, to, to get the amount of fear of love that matches fear let's say for 0.1% of fear you might need like 10% of love for instance yeah. that's that's the balance i don't, I don't know if you get that uh, uh, analogy right yeah, yeah. so when the bible or the quran or the torah or whatever um, religious text you use i will focus more on, uh, on the bible because i was raised in a christian um uh, yeah. family so i'm more familiar with that when it talks about the fear of god the fear of god Interesting fact, the fear of God is mentioned more than love of God in the Bible. 
and this is a book that focuses that people tell us the preachers tell us that is about the love of god and how to love god but it mentions fear much more and how many times does it mention the 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 the, the word love you can count them with your with your fingers um so so there is more um there's more focus on fear and and painting the consequences of not um, um, of, of not having that fear towards God in a very negative light, mm. which also acting, um, increases the fear or intensifies um, the fear, and then eventually or ultimately push out, pushes you towards the way that the Bible or God or whoever it is, the priest wants you to go anyway. Um, a, a simple example would be when uh, um, you asked me to, I, I usually ask my friend this question. I, I asked one of my friends actually, more of a couple of them this question. Okay. You want me to to love God, right? Okay, what is the concept? What is the benefit of loving God? Hey, you be blessed. You live long life and do that. Okay. What are the consequences of not loving God? You go to hellfire. So that means the love is I'm not loving you just because I want to be blessed, but I know that if I don't love you, okay. it's not much of an option, right? Because if I don't yeah. love you, then I'm going to hellfire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. You tell me that there's free will. No, but there's no free will because the, the, your concept of free will in this context is very, very limited. How can you say I have free will, but you're threatening me with something I fear, which is burning in fire forever and ever it's, if um, I don't do what you say? It's this, um, this thing. Um, I, I don't know if you have had this, this, um, this very popular, um, something that's gone doing, uh, the, uh, Escobar near the time of the, of the, of Narcos, the, the drug cartels and everything. And so they, 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 they meet a politician. Medellin cartel of Pablo, led by, um, Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they meet a politician and they want to bribe the politician. And they say, listen, you know, it's not as if we want you to join us. We don't want to kill you, but see what will happen. This is the money and this is a gun. If you don't take the money, we'll kill you. Do you understand? It's like so. Even if even if he and we also kill, like we can also kill your children. So it's like even if we don't, even if even if we say that, like how they put it is that he joined us. But it's like I did not join you. You said you are going to kill me and my wife. <laughs> give me a choice. It's not a choice. You like, didn't give me you a didn't choice. Give me a choice. Did you? Yeah, but, like, but I gave you money. No, you did not give me. You didn't. There are not many choices here. It's just uh, so. I, I do. I do. I do understand. So the fear of the bullet is is what they um, use. Yeah, true. Um, and in the case of religion, it would be the fear of eternal damnation. Eternal damnation. Uh, will be the equivalent of the bullet. Suffer, the suffering of dying. Um, it seems to me that that fear. Uh, it, it seems to me that fear is something that can be used to manipulate a huge crowd. It seems to me of all the forces that can be used to ma manipulate to to push let's say a revolution fear it seems to me and you can also make a case that for most revolutions it's fear that that people can, that people use it seems that sometimes that would that would be a good thing that's okay okay let's 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 let, let's, let's choose a revolution that, like, that you can say that okay let's say it's good for example that okay fine the americans say they want to be on our own well how much of that can can you attribute attribute to fear that okay fine we want to stay on our own if we don't we will be still be under these people and they will and 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 they can they can use it to you know control our lives See, you, you you can obviously put that to the fear of control you don't want people to control you so i i i i, I would imagine that in most cases fear can still fear fear perhaps is still the greatest um it's still the greatest thing you can use to control a, a large a massive group of people
I think I'll, I'll ask you a question. I'll answer that by just asking you a question, which is, um, I'll challenge you, I challenge you rather to mention one aspect of our lives, of society, um, that fear cannot be used um, to achieve a particular goal, uh, be it control of people or, or, or that, or manipulation of people. Politics, uh, education, child parenting, whatever, name it. I, I challenge you to mention one. So essentially, essentially, with that, essentially, human beings, human beings, most of the things we do is just, is just in an attempt to, um, in, in an attempt for us to solve a problem, like solve a problem caused by fear. No, not caused by fear. I don't think I'm putting this correctly. Every, almost everything we do um, is, is an attempt to, um, should I say, quell a fear, to try to reduce the fear we have over something. That's why we're trying to control it. I don't know if you understand what, what I'm I was saying. What I would say to that is, is that my theory, mm. and this is very practical because when you look in the world, if you just look, you would see it, right? My theory is that the world itself, what I even say is a theory, since it's practical, the world itself is built on fear. Society as we know it today is built on fear. Why do you go to work? You go to work to earn money, to live a better life. But why exactly? Because you know if you don't go, you fear the consequences of what will happen. You'll be poor, you'll be dejected, you won't have friends, you won't, won't be able to feed your family and all that. Why do you go to school and take learn? I don't like mathematics, but I had to take mathematics. I had to write it like that. Why? <laughs> okay, I don't. I love instance. mathematics. For the record, you do, right? <laughs> for the record, I don't. I think I got a C in mathematics, but I remember and I was like, hey. hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> hallelujah. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, my point is that most of the world itself, sorry, um, as we know, society, sorry, as we know it, is actually built on the foundation of fear. Hmm. It's in child parenting, for instance, when you, as a parent, tell your child, um, okay, go inside, go and sleep now, otherwise, would you call about, I will call you, would you do for you, yeah. What is that? What yeah. are you doing? What are you doing? And the funny thing, the funny thing is that we propagate this fear, we're making the child fear the consequences of not going to bed because, of course, Ujuju um, Kalaba will come for them, right? Mm. But then we unconsciously propagate this fear from generation to generation because now you've taught the child to fear the boogeyman, okay. the Ujuju uh, uh, Kalaba in, in Nigerian yeah, palace, yeah, yeah, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, and then you've inculcated that in him. This is something to fear. This is one amongst many, right? I understand. But also, apart from teaching him to fear this, you've also unconsciously taught him how to use fear. Because when he grew with this, so I can threaten my kids with this. So it worked for me. It should work for it them. It should work for them. <laughs> you know. Or when you tell your child, okay, you have to go to school every day from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., even though that's not very advisable. Otherwise, uh, you become a motor pack. Uh, what they used to call it, abero. I remember my parents threatened me yeah, that you yeah, yeah, become yeah. abero, a mechanic. My dad told me you become a shoemaker. He made me fear becoming a, <laughs> a shoemaker, and because of that, I had to go to school and study so I don't become a shoemaker and all that. So some some things we do, some some things we do innocently, um, have the effect of inculcating this fear and propagating it through generations from one generation to the other. So ultimately, our lives, our society, is built on the foundation of fear. Yeah, yeah. But that's the theme 
that's the theme actually that's the overarching theme of of the book and then what i try to did uh, to do sorry towards the what i did uh, towards the end of the book is um i wanted to make people aware you know you need to open your eyes. You need to actually know why you're doing certain actions. Why are you going to church? Why are you putting those tithes in the tithe box and offering box? Do you really want to do that? Or is it because you fear what, what will happen if you don't what do it? Why are you going to work? Why are you in the job you are right now? So I want people to be aware of, of the ways fear has been. Why are you voting for that politician? It's the ways fear has been used to um, to control, um, have to, to, to maintain control over our lives. And then ultimately, how to break free from that. So that when you're carrying out a particular action, you are carrying it out for a particular reason that you know, not because of an unconscious, unknown fear um, um, that is pushing you to carry carry out that particular action. Oh, I understand. I understand. So uh, I'd imagine, at least knowing knowing that, I I guess the, the challenge here is, what you are trying to teach us is that knowing that just having the knowledge that fear can be used to manipulate you a lot and teaching the teaching the people to ask teaching people rather to ask just a very simple question is this rational or is this irrational fear anytime something comes up you understand i would imagine that that that, that would that would help greatly so if if um, if you want to start something new you want to back in a new journey or someone or something happens you can just simply ask okay fine is this rational fear am i am i afraid of this thing just am i doing this thing just because i'm of just because of the fact that i'm afraid or even if i'm afraid is it rational for it for me to be afraid you know in in in, in that way you understand given that we have already um, made a distinction between rational and irrational fear so i would imagine anytime that we anytime that we, anytime that we find out that this this irrational this fear is irrational we should probably puts um, what's god press pre- press the brakes but if even though the fear is rational you know if the if the fear is rational rather we can still go along with it like let's say the one do what the example you gave concerning you losing your job you understand if you push, you probably want, if that's the only option you have you probably want to keep your job you understand but if you if you if you have all, if you're good at other things and you can still improve and you know, if you can still rather do other things rather and that you, you just want to leave you, you um how will i put this you just want to um and it's becoming irrational rather is is the, the you you can do other things and you are becoming mm-hmm. irrational you understand what i'm saying like mm-hmm. let's say you have you have mm-hmm. this job that you have you have this job that that you are doing right now and um there's still another thing that i want to do that i want to try you want to um what's it called you want to try out but you still have that fear of of, or you know what if i feel that self-doubt you understand that one is irrational you understand you should probably do it but if you will say you want to quit all your jobs uh, you want to stop working at all that one you're, you're sorry that you're working and you want to you don't obviously lose all your jobs any source of income you understand that's that's irrational fear that makes sense that you, sh- you should probably not lose all your any all your sources of income you understand but you going after something that will probably add to your um, what's it called, to your success and you don't want to go after it like you want to go after something that will add to your success but there's this self-doubt in you that's that's an irrational fear i don't know if you understand basically own... basically um you talked something about, you said something about being aware and i find that you're correct on that point awareness is a very important and practical tool if you are aware of 
for instance, when you listen to the news at night and um, and a, a politician is saying something and you are aware of the, the methods he's using or what he's trying to do, mm. then you can make a conscious decision, first of all, and a conscious of if what he's saying is true or not. Yeah. Right? If he has any weight to read. And then make it and then from that, from the from your analysis, you can then make a conscious decision of what to believe, what to um, walk by, how to vote, yeah. and all of that. So being aware is the first step. Because if you're sick, for instance, and you don't know you're sick, you wouldn't even want to go to the doctor. You don't have any reason. But when you're aware that oh I'm sick, that's the first step towards that's the first step towards healing. Um, so yeah, being aware is a very important, which is what I try to do in the book, right? I try to make people aware of the many ways that fear has is being used yeah. in our our lives, uh, the many angles, so that when you see these things happening to you tomorrow, you can recognize them, okay? And then you can then make conscious efforts and conscious decisions on what to do about them. What to do about it? Okay. So um, aside from aside from gradually improving step by step you understand the the example that he gave earlier what's um, what other ways can we overcome fear or is that is that the only way um <laughs> there's not one way there's no one uh, what do you call it one size fits all it's not just one way and then if you don't do this way uh, that, that that's it you're asked you know bye bye <laughs> no of course there is uh, different ways and different methods and mechanisms and I expansiated on them in, in the book. Now, if I told you everything, you wouldn't have a reason to get the book, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so this, um, this is why you would have to actually go check the book, uh, the book out. And then um, uh, you find out the different mechanisms I put there. Um, I even came up with some acronyms um, in order to, that will help you make it easier. Um, one of them is think, T-H-I-N-K. Um, that'll make it easier uh, for you to recognize this fear and also um, act on it in a way that it does not have um, hold over your life. Um, I'm sure you're wondering uh, I, 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 um, what think uh, might yes, mean sir. in this yeah. context. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that will be your next question. Well. Uh, it, it's a little test that I, I actually um, came up with. Um, when you are when you are conf confronted with the situation, right? Let me give the popular example. You're listening to the news, and um, um, some politician is saying some stuff, be it right wing or left wing, that doesn't really make sense. Or even if it makes sense and it sounds sweet to hear, it's hey, sketchy. now is a moment to pause and think. T, um, T. Is it true what the person is saying? Is it true? Is it testable, right? Yeah. Uh, what can you actually verify these things independently, or of what of uh, of the person that is actually making the claim? Okay. H, is it is what they're saying half baked? Because I've I've realized if you realize um, if you um, sorry I have realized that people tend to pick and choose facts that corroborate their point of view and give you those facts, those examples in that's order that's to a, make yeah, their that's point. That's a fallacy. It's called, it's, called, it's called need speaking. When they just choose one yeah. story, yeah, it's a Exactly. So, okay, crime, the politician wants to convince you to vote and he says crime is increasing. Okay, yeah, but 
he didn't tell you some other part, which is that crime has definitely been going down. It just there's a, it's just there was a little uptick maybe recently. Certain reason or yeah, that or yeah. that he wouldn't tell you all that. He just says crime is increasing. That's, you say, oh my god, yeah. crime is increasing. Yeah, that, that's easy statistics <laughs> yeah. to lie. Basically, yeah. so I stands for um, what is the speaker's interest? I stands for interest. Okay, what does the speaker stand to gain? Yeah. He's making this clip, but what does he gain from it? Right? Okay, if I do what he's saying uh, and I believe what he's saying and I do how is that what he's asking me to do, does he benefit from it? If the person saying making the claim has something to benefit, is vested interest the person has. So they're of course making a claim that will convince you to 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 go their way. Yeah. Right? To yeah. to carry out the action that he or she wants you to carry out. Mm. Therefore, you should think about that two times. Because it might be in their interest, does not mean that it is in your own interest. I understand. And stands for what will a neutral party say. If somebody that was not connected to this particular situation came here, let's say somebody from another country or another to this speaker and then consider the situation, the person has nothing to gain or lose, so they don't have any reason to be partial, right? What will they say? Will they corroborate the speaker's claim or, or otherwise? Um, then K stands for kill hauling. Kill Basically, hauling. what this means is, yes, exactly. What this means is, can this speaker tolerate criticism of their points? Right, what is their level of tolerance or appetite for tolerance of, of criticism? Okay, am I welcome to say, okay, yeah, you made you made a claim about this, but you know, it was this wasn't this isn't that factual. Let's put this in context. This is not true, this is right. Yes, yes. If the person is open to criticism, then that's a more balanced uh, speaker or someone that is actually people that are trying to sell you bullshit or make you fear usually are not open to criticism, they don't like it. Or they react to it strongly in a negative um, 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 manner. So um, that's one acronym that I use in, yeah, yeah. and that I um, used in the book, and and then there are others also. Uh, but the ultimate aim was or uh, is um, to help the reader um, be aware and then equip the reader with practical tools uh, to overcome um, these things, uh, at least to make decisions. Um, that they are aware of consciously um, that will be in their in, in the reader's interest as opposed to the other elements in society um, that have vested interest uh, in the reader's choices and decisions. I understand, I understand. Okay. Um, where, 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 where should people go to on social media if they want to, if they want to disturb you or if they want to read more of your work? <laughs> um disturbance is is, is um, ultimately welcome of course positive disturbance positive um I, you can find me on instagram um and my instagram is i am underscore d r o g a m d i i am underscore d r o g AMDI. Uh, if you want to read more of my work, you can find some write-up I did. I've been doing on Medium. Um, on that, the my name on Medium or my handle on Medium is Emmanuel Ogamdi. Um, that's Emmanuel E M M A N U E L Ogamdi. Spelling, o -G -A -M. spelling Emmanuel for people. 
<laughs> there's different spelling. You'd be surprised. There's different ways to spell Emmanuel. There's Emmanuel with an I. There's Emmanuel with one M. Depends on, you know, yeah, there is different ways. Not everybody spells it. I'm, I learned something newly. The Greek word for Emmanuel is Manolis. <laughs> that's actually fresh. So, if we are being serious. That's actually way, <laughs> that, that's way more cool. Manolis. So if you hear anywhere Manolis, that's Emmanuel. That's Greek for Emmanuel. Yeah, I, I found that uh, I found that uh, um Peter too. In Yoruba, in Yoruba, Peter is called Peteru. I, I, I was is what? Peteru. 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 Para. It was too funny. In in Romanian, it's Petru. Petru. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Petru. Petru. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm so, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Language, language is a beautiful thing. We have, uh, we have your Instagram, your LinkedIn. Uh, I say LinkedIn. Your Medium. How My about Medium. Your, how about Twitter? I, I know, I know your Twitter handle. Anyway. Yes, you you know my Twitter handle, so I think you can uh, you can uh, post it there. I, I don't even actually know what it is now. I think it's Emmanuel Ogamdi. Uh, yeah. Doctor. No, it's Ogamdi underscore. Uh, O-G-A-M-D-I underscore. That's it. That's yeah. my Twitter um, handle. Okay. Okay, no problem. Uh, well, Dr. Gamde, thank you for the conversation. Take care of yourself, yeah? Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. I will see you next time. Bye.